0: We thank you so much for everything you do for us day to day. The things we take for granted, Father, the clothes on our backs, the roof over our heads, the food in our bellies, Father, we have so much to be thankful for. And we take this day to give you thanks and to praise you and worship you, Father. And I pray that the words that I speak be your words, not my own, and that anything that is false just go, go on unheeded. And I pray that you just be with us today for the remainder of the Sabbath, and we give you thanks in Yahshua's name. Hallelujah. Well, this was, I'll be honest, this was not the sermon I saw myself giving like five days ago. I was pretty sure that I was going to, I am working on Amos. It's going to be a two-parter on Amos, I'm afraid. So I took, needed a little bit more time for that one to put it together. But this was one that we get a lot of questions about. This is a pretty common question for folks who are just starting out in their walk. They may have been, you know, uh, religious or whatever for most of their lives, but how to pray, what to pray, how am I supposed to do it, am I supposed to stand a certain way, or, uh, you know, there's all kinds of different questions that, are p- that people ask. And what I'm calling the four Ps is what I believe to be the most essential parts of prayer that, um, that people can implement right now. And if you ever asked yourself, how am I supposed to pray? If you've ever asked that question, I think, I pray that you will get something out of this message. Because prayer, it's kind of, it's like nebulous in the scripture. Especially in the context of like the word, you don't really have a whole lot about prayer. You have a lot of people praying. You have a lot of people praying for things and things, prayers being answered. But prayer itself is kind of, unless you really dig deep, and really pay attention to who's praying and how they're praying and things like that. There's not a lot of just direct information on prayer. And so I'm hoping that I can give, you know, put a little, shed a little light on this for folks. And like I said, we're just not really given a whole lot as far as blueprints go. Um, we only have a handful of examples, but I hope by the end of this message, it'll reignite your desire to pray, to pray and, That's my son over there, growling in the corner, by the way. Uh, But we all know the model prayer that Yahshua spoke in Matthew 6, 5 through 15. And obviously, this is one of the most recognized prayers in existence by everybody. Even non-religious people know this prayer. But I feel like we have to go beyond that example if we really want to understand what we need in order to be effective in our prayers Prayer is an unlimited free resource that is available at all times, and it is key to remember to use it effectively. Now, you wouldn't think, like, if you have unlimited something, it's just like, well, my... if anybody has had something in their life that they felt like they needed prayer for and they didn't get a response for it, prayer can be exhausting. Prayer can be exhausting. It can be discouraging. It can be frustrating. It can make you angry. It can make you sad. Just as easy as it can make you joyous and happy. But there are four persistence. Effective prayer can be summed up in what I'm calling the four Ps. Persistence, patience, perseverance, and purpose. If you can master these four things, I'm confident that you will not only have a a more uplifting prayer life, a more fruitful prayer life, but also a much closer relationship with Yahweh and Yeshua, And, by the end of it, with each other. So let's start with persistence. Persistence is defined as the quality that allows someone to continue doing something or trying to do something, even though it is difficult or opposed by other people. For example, he admired her dogged persistence in pursuing the job. His persistence in asking for a rage was finally rewarded. And she has shown a lot of persistence. And this is from the Merriam-Webster Dictionary, right? So when we pray, it's no different. Persistence is absolutely necessary. You know the old trope of the guy standing outside the window of a woman he loves? And he's tossing little pebbles up to her window. Tink! Tink, tink, just hoping, hoping to get her attention. He doesn't want to wake everybody in the house up, but he's just pestering her to try to get her to come to the door. He's going to keep tossing pebbles until that woman acknowledges his presence. And it's a similar situation with prayer. Sure, Yahweh doesn't need to be pestered, but sometimes he might like to know just how badly you really want something. Tossing one little pebble up a a prayer to his window I guess, suppose he has the ability to answer that prayer however he likes, but we see through Scripture there is a more. There's more to it than that. Yahweh likes persistent people. Over in Luke 18, one through eight, the parable of the persistent widow. This is pretty good. Then he spoke a parable to them that men always, that uh, excuse me. Then he spoke a parable to them that men always ought to pray and not lose heart, saying. There was in a certain city a judge who did not fear Elohim nor regard man. Now there was a widow in that city, and she came to him saying, Get justice for, for me from my adversary. And he would not for a while, but afterward he said within himself, I, ought, I do not fear Elohim nor regard man, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. And Yahweh said, Hear what the unjust judge said, and, Elohim, and shall Elohim not avenge his elect who cry out to him, Day and night to him, though he bears long with him, I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Oh, sorry about that. And he says, <laughs> I will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, he will really, will he really find faith on the earth? You know, I think that there's, um, there's something to this Because we hear, we actually say this a lot around here. We quote this thing, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? Will and in the context of this parable, it makes a lot more sense. Will Yahweh's people be persistent? Will they be persistent in their faith and their prayers and their desire to obey and love and worship Him? And so while we get a lesson of in prayer, be persistent. If 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 a, if a woman in her persistence can change the heart of a man who does not fear Elohim and who doesn't care what men think about, it, to where he's just like, look, she's She's not going to leave me alone if I don't get this taken care of. So I'm just going to do it. How much more will Yahweh do for his people? You know, because he is Yahweh. And I think that the idea of the son of man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? I think that says a lot about persistence because it's tied to a parable about persistence. If this widow could get someone who does not fear Yahweh and who doesn't give a rip about what people think about him, If she could get this person to give her favor, how much more is Yahweh desiring to give his people these blessings? But we need to be persistent in every single aspect of our lives. I mean, think about it. Not just prayer, but you want to stay in shape. How do you stay in shape? Exercise. And guess what? You can't just go to the gym once in your entire life, or once a week, or once a month, and expect to stay in shape. It just doesn't work that way. If you want to to lose weight, you can you have to eat eat a salad but not just one salad you have to eat salad a lot you have to be persistent you have to be continual if you want to get good at a job or a skill you have to be persistent you can't just do it once and expect it to just go easy you have to keep working hard despite the struggles as it said in the definition and if you want an effective prayer it's no different do not stop. Be persistent and faithful in your prayers. Yahweh wants to bless his people, but he asks for a persistent people. Will Yahshua find persistent people when he returns? I don't know. He asked that question. It's up to us to answer it. Another verse that's key to understand is Luke 11.1. 1. It happened that Yahshua was praying in a certain place after he had finished. One of his disciples said to him, Master, teach us to pray, just as John also taught his disciples. And he said to them, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, give us each day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins as we forgive, uh, as we ourselves also forgive everyone who is indebted to us, and lead us not into temptation. Oops. Then he said to them, Suppose one of you has a friend and goes to him at midnight and says to him, Friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine has come to me from a journey, and I have nothing set before him. And from inside he answers, Do not bother me. The door is already shut, and my children and I are in bed. I cannot get up to give you anything, I tell you. Even though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, Yet it's because of his persistence that he will get up and give him as much as he needs. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who speaks, seeks finds, and he, and him who knocks it will be opened. Now suppose one of you fathers is asked by his son for a fish. Will he, not get, will he, he will not give him a snake instead of a fish, will he? Or if he is asked for an egg... He will not give him a scorpion, will he? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit those who ask him? See, again, this is another verse that we quote all the time. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and the door will be opened unto you. But you have to be persistent. He may not answer that first time he knocked. You've got to be the guy that knocks on the door and you're not going to stop until he opens it. Persistence is absolutely key. And I actually really like the way the contemporary English version reads verse 8. This is funny to me. So the contemporary, the the C-E-V reads like this. Oops. He may not get up and give you bread just because you're his friend, but he will get up and give you as much as you need simply because you are not ashamed to keep asking. And so we have to, if we are going to knock, if we are going to seek, you can't just seek once. You can't be like, look around the room, take a glance up. Oh, he's not here. Be persistent. When you knock on that door, when you ask, ask again and again and again and again and again. You're, you only stand to benefit. Even if it seems as though you're not getting your prayers answered, keep at it. Never give up. Never give up on the blessings that Yahweh promises. You're not bothering him with your prayers as weary of prayer, as if you've got somebody who's living wickedly, and they're just praying, just, you know what I mean. He, he's, he doesn't like the prayers of the unrighteous pestering him in that way, but I think that it's different when it's his people, and they're sincerely seeking him. And he will get up out of bed to answer the door for you. Sometimes you might have to ask a few times, but it's important that we are bold in our prayers to him. Be straight. Don't beat around the bush and use repetitive words, but be persistent and patient and persevere, and Yahweh will answer. And this leads me to my next of the four Ps, which is patience. Patience is described as the ability to wait or continue doing something despite difficulties or to suffer without complaining or becoming annoyed. You have to have a lot of patience when you're dealing with kids. In the end, I lost my patience, and I shouted at her. He's a good teacher, but he doesn't have much patience with slower students. Patience, they'll be here soon. All of these things, we've all been there. And so, patience is the glue that holds the other Ps in this list together. If you don't have patience, you'll never be persistent. If you don't have patience, you'll never persevere. And if you don't have patience, you'll never bother to find your purpose in prayer. Patience is... Extremely important. To be able to wait on Yahweh is everything. To be content with prayer continually while you wait for His blessings or response is crucial to a healthy prayer life. Often, you may be persistent in prayer for a while, but after days, weeks, months of no answer, you might begin to lose patience. I have. I've had things that would change my life if they were answered, and I got tired of praying. I lost that persistence. I lost my patience for it. And I, underst- and I understand we're human. And it is our nature. To, is not, our nature is not one of patience. I get that. We want, especially in this day and age, where it's just like if, if my phone takes more than about a second and a half to respond to me, I'm like, i got to get a new one. This things, whoosh, about ready to throw it out the window. So patience is not something that we are accustomed to these days. But it is absolutely essential we love the once and done type of thing, and I know I love it when I set something up and it just works, no effort required. But as most of us know, in this walk, and the Elohim we serve, not, they're not genies in a bottle, right? Waiting to grant our every wish at the snap of our fingers. You've got to think about yourself in, in context here. Who are you and Who is he? I mean, how many times do we read in Scripture, Yahweh, who am I that I should do this? Why are you calling? And he often I think the question can be reversed when we're asking him for something. It's like, okay, well, okay. who are you and why should I bother? You know, how do I know you're serious about this? Over in um, Proverbs 14, chapter 29, patience leads to abundant understanding, but impatience leads to stupid mistakes. Now, I am a living testimony of this <laughs> constantly. I get frustrated and I just, I want, it to, I want something to be immediate. I don't want to wait for the, the data to come in if I'm waiting for something. I don't want to wait. I don't want to wait. I can be very impatient when it comes to certain things. But, as Proverbs tells us, if you wait, if you're patient, just be patient It'll lead to to abundant understanding. Now, understand that. Abundant understanding. It doesn't say that it's going to be some crazy blessings that pour out. You'll have understanding. And that in and of itself is the blessing. The understanding is the blessing. And when we're made to wait to practice patience and persistence and perseverance, we find ourselves in a better situation than when we started. Those long sessions of prayer are not fruitless. They often cause you to think and ask questions and then you find yourself in the word looking for answers. Understanding does indeed come with patience. And patience in prayer is no different. I know there's that song, Sweet Hour of Prayer, right? When's the last time you prayed for an hour? Anybody. That's a long time to pray. I'm not saying that you have to set aside. I don't think it's something where it's like, oh, it's that time of day again. I think it's, it's, it needs to be constant. Prayer needs to be constant. And that's the beautiful thing about the veil being torn, right? It's before, we, the physical intercessor was so, it was so constricting in everything. We don't have that problem anymore. So have you ever been praying for something you thought that you wanted or needed? And then after some time passes, you realize that, no, you didn't really need or want that thing. And not having it was better than having it. Patience breeds understanding, and it is an excellent filter for truth. If you are seeking truth, and that's another thing, if you do not have patience and you're scouring the word, you'll latch on to answers that aren't there. I've seen it happen a million times. People will go in, they'll pick a verse, that's good enough for me, and then they'll live their life by that verse. Take it out of context, but you have to have patience, and you have to really study the word. Over in Ecclesiastes 7, verse 8, the end of something is better than its beginning, and patience is better than arrogance. We see an excellent example of patience from Job. I mean, everybody knows Job's story. But, you know, somebody saying, oh, that guy's got the patience of Job, that's actually a scriptural saying. that's got a scriptural origin. Over in James 5, 10 through 11, says, brothers and sisters, as an example of patience in the face of suffering, take the prophets who spoke the name of Yahweh. As you know, we count as blessed those who have persevered, and you have heard of Job's perseverance and have seen what Yahweh finally brought about. Yahweh is full of compassion and mercy. So, not are we—we we aren't only talking about Job's patience here, but it was his patience that allowed him to persevere. And and what it says here, this is key. It says. Job's perseverance and have seen what Yahweh finally brought about. And so like even by James's standards, it took a long time for Yahweh to respond to Job's suffering and to his prayer and to his petition, right? Job was tested from every angle and he still persisted and persevered. In the end, Yahweh blessed Job more than he even was before. We see this in Job 42. Do I have that up here? No, we don't have that up there. It's fine. Go read Job 42. <laughs> we see that Yahweh gave him more than what he had. When Yahweh took everything away from him, he gave him, I think it was double what he had prior. And that patience of Job was coupled with another trait, which is, again, leading me to the third of the four Ps, which is perseverance. Now, I struggled with this at first because I know what you're thinking. Isn't perseverance and persistence like the same thing? Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking too. Well, they're close, they are close, but I think they're different enough to warrant its own spot on the list. Perseverance is, de- is defined as perseverance is not giving up, it is tenacity, it is the effort required to do something and keep doing it to the end, even if it's hard. Perseverance originally comes from the Latin word perseverantia, and it means to abide by something strictly. This makes sense, because if you're doing something in spite of all the difficulty, you're being strict on yourself. Sailing around the world, climbing Mount Everest, are acts requiring perseverance. And even things like learning a new language require perseverance and practice. And it's a noun, the act of persisting or persevering. Continuing or repeating behavior. Now there's a young man, now this is not, he's not some philosopher, nothing like that. He's... I think he's like a senior advisor to a, sus- a student success thing in, uh, at Key Path Education. He's, he's like just some young man, and he, he had a really nice quote. His name is Terry Mayslikus, and he's a senior student success advisor at Key Path Education. And he wrote on the, dis- the difference between persistence and perseverance. He said, perseverance is the continuation of commitment through action in spite of the lack of success. It also has the ability to overcome the repetitiveness of problems from difficult situations. Perseverance is more important than just plain persistence because it is about having stamina and endurance during the time of struggle. While persistence is a choice, perseverance means surviving the toughest conditions and coming out better on the other side. When it comes to work, Perseverance is the hard work you do after you get tired of doing the hard work you already did. Hats off to you, Terry. I think that's an excellent quote. <laughs> and it's also a solid foundation for prayer life. We have to pray continually, essentially nonstop. And I have a few scriptures in mind to support this. And while I agree, persistence and perseverance, are I think they go hand in hand. But I do think that um, you, can, you can have both persistence and perseverance. Over in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions, with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for Yahweh's people. And again, over in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, be by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to Elohim. And again, in First Thessalonians five, sixteen through eighteen, rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is Elohim's will for you and Messiah Yahshua. The idea that we only need to pray here and there, it's simply not supported in Scripture. We are to be in constant communication with the Father through Yahshua. And an ex- excellent, excellent example of perseverance is from Jonah. And I don't have, I'm going to read the full chapter of Jonah 2. And so I want you guys to turn to Jonah 2 with me. And I have, it's, it's fairly short, so it's, it's, not, uh, it's not too bad. You've got to think about everything that Jonah had been through up to this point. Now, I'm not saying jo- Jonah was guiltless in this situation. He was in the belly of this fish for a reason, right? Then Jonah prayed unto Yahweh, his Elohim, out of the fish's belly, and cried by reason of my affliction unto Yahweh. And he heard me out of the belly of the grave, cried I, and thou heardest my voice. For thou hast cast me into the deep, in the midst of the seas, and the floods compassed me about all thy billows and thy waves passed over me. Then I said, I am cast out of thy sight. Yet I will look again towards thy holy temple. The waters compassed me about even to the soul. The depth closed me round about. The weeds were wrapped around my head. I went down into the bottoms of the mountains into the earth. With her bars was about me forever. Yet thou hast brought me up. My life from corruption, O Yahweh, my Elohim, when my soul fainted within me, I remembered Yahweh, and my prayers came in unto thee into thy holy temple. That they observe lying vanities, forsake their own mercy. But I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving, and I will pray. And I will pay that that I have vowed. Salvation is of Yahweh, and Yahweh spake unto the fish, and it vomited out Jonah upon the dry land. So, even after everything Jonah went through, we see him taking it to Yahweh in prayer. And it was a prayer that led him to his ultimate goal, Yahweh's will. And you got to think, if it wasn't for that prayer, if it wasn't for that moment of brokenness, which I don't know how much farther away from hope you could possibly be than where Jonah was at that point. But he could have just laid there and died. He could have done that. And Yahweh probably would have allowed it. He would have found somebody else to go to Nineveh. But he didn't. He prayed. And, he, and at the end, he persevered. Now, Jonah did not... He didn't bat a thousand after this either. <laughs> but he was... Yahweh still worked with him. And again, even though we can see by the end of Jonah's story that he still was not 100%, it didn't matter. He didn't need to be at 100%. He persevered through that moment, and Yahweh still worked with him. And he can do the same for any of you, and myself, and anybody listening. You might feel like you're in the belly of the fish, 10,000 leagues below the sea, right? With nothing, nothing but crushing darkness and loneliness and just nothing around you, right? There are people out there that are in those situations, maybe mentally anguished, depression. There's all kinds of afflictions out there. You don't have to be in the belly of a fish to send a prayer up to Yahweh, though. And that leads me to the final of the four Ps, which is purpose. This was originally a message called the three Ps of effective prayer. But then I realized something. I was just like, there's something, there's a, there's a, a nice little bow I can put on this so it's the four piece now and it's purpose purpose is defined as setting up an object or end to be attained intention resolution determination subject under discussion or an action and course of execution it's from Merriam-Webster Dictionary I know I probably didn't need to put the sources down there but can never be too careful anymore it is extremely important to know why and what you are praying for. And this is why I added this in. It's because if you are persistent and patient and perseverance just rings through you, but you have no clue what it is that you need or what, you, what you're trying to attain, it's, that's fruitless. By definition, that's fruitless. It'd be like having a giant truck with a massive engine and no wheels. It serves no purpose. Don't try to dazzle Yahweh with many words, with flamboyant speech and bloviation. Be frank, be bold, and concise in your prayers. There is nothing wrong with just a quick prayer. I do it all the time. Sometimes that's all you need, but don't make it just one. You know, it's throughout the day. Just send him up something. Let him know that you're there, that you're consistent with this. Over in Matthew chapter six, verses six through seven, it says, "But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you." And when you pray, do not keep babbling like the pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. And so sometimes, you know, people people get on a roll and they make it like a essay to the Father. That's not necessary. Now, there's nothing wrong with having a continual conversation with the Father. But I think that a lot of times people, you know, we're crafted in Yahweh's image, right? You know when somebody's burning time. When they could just tell you, Be honest, be frank, be quick with your point. Yahweh's got a lot going on, right? Don't waste his time. Don't waste your time. Be concise. People think continual prayer means using a lot of words over and over again. I'm not going to name names, but we all know of a group that uses continual prayer, repetitive prayer, over over and over and over and over again. There's nothing wrong with a short prayer, short and sweet especially if it's sent up to the father with a purpose. Like, imagine you're calling customer service, right? And you get ring around the rosy, you know, you get, you, you call up and you're like, look, I just need, my clicker's not working. I need somebody to tell me how to fix it. Well, let me transfer you right? And you say it over and over and over again. And it's just, wouldn't it be nice if he called up and they said, hey, how can I help you? Yeah, this doesn't work. Here's how you fix it. Goodbye. That is wonderful. And I imagine Yahweh probably feels the same way sometimes. Just be, tell me what you need. So here's some whys for praying. Sometimes people need to know why. There's, there's always a why, no matter what your situation you're in. For example, Having a bad day at work, take it to Yahweh in prayer. There's nothing wrong with that. If you're being run ragged at work, tell Yahweh about it. Like, I need relief from this. There's nothing wrong with that. Facing temptation, stop what you're doing, take it to Yahweh in prayer. You'd be surprised how how quickly your mind changes to something righteous when you just stop, step away, and talk to Yahweh about it even if it's just briefly. You and the missus not getting along, take it to Yahweh in prayer. Come on, guys, we all know, right? Just pray about it. There's nothing wrong with that. Just pray about it. You and, Are the children, are your children testing that patience we talked about? <laughs> take it to Yahweh in prayer. Have them pray with you. Teach them to Pray they're being rebellious, pray, hey, sit down and pray with me. Let's pray about your rebelliousness. They may not understand that, but they will eventually. The very act of prayer reorients you to righteousness. Never stop praying. Even if you don't get your answer right away, the act of prayer is still an action that is blessed. It is a good thing. It helps you slow down and refocus on what is important. And it's not just enough to pray for yourself. You have to pray for each other too. And we are not alone in this. And this is where I think this, we can see radical change in all of our lives. These last few things I have to say, I think that we can see radical change in our prayer life. If we properly implemented them. Over in First Timothy Two through four. I urge then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and those in authority, that we may live a peaceful and quiet life in righteousness and holiness. This is good. It pleases Elohim, our Savior, who wants all people to be saved and come to a knowledge of truth. Now I know we, we again another little tidbit that we take out. Pray for your leaders. You're to pray for your leaders that they leave you alone, that you can live a quiet. Righteous life to Yahweh. Yahweh's got these, the, his chess pieces are moving, right? They're, are, they're beyond our comprehension. But I truly believe we need to pray that they just don't even know we exist. That that's the best thing that they could do. The people up on Capitol Hill, if they had no clue that we, any of us, are here, hallelujah. Praise Yahweh. Even those corrupt people, now I'm not saying you shouldn't pray. You should pray, because you know, for those people, but I think the reason for this verse right here is pray that they just that the wickedness doesn't come to you. Just pray that Yahweh keeps it at bay. But all of those people need our prayer, especially if they come to repentance, especially if they come to repentance. But we can ask that, ask that Yahweh, there's nothing wrong with praying that those folks up there that are putting us on the brink of nuclear war doesn't leave us alone. I think that is an adequate prayer to the Father. Let us just worship him. That's all we want. That's all he wants. Over in Proverbs 27, 17. Very short verse, but important. As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Now this not only applies to our walk in faith, but to our prayers as well. The more we have focused on prayer, the better. And this is how we help each other. You know, I use the iron sharpens iron as one, like, let's say somebody's walking. Let's say somebody is struggling with, he has trouble with drinking, just an example. And you know that, and you can help him. That's iron sharpening iron. You're making him better, and you are being better for helping him. And it's, it, it's a beautiful exchange that happens within the body of Messiah. And the same thing goes for prayer, though. If a brother needs prayer, Pray for him. Pray with him. Pray together. Pray apart. Pray all the time. Get as many people involved as you can. If we are continually in prayer, it's an important thing. And that leads me to James 5, 16. Confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. So if if there's somebody in your life that you think of as like, man, that person's just, he's a good guy. Have him pray for you. The prayers of the righteous availeth much. And so if we can all get together, if there's something that we truly need, that we truly think needs to be changed or we need in our lives, we should really be praying together as one assembly for one purpose, single-mindedness in this. It's important. And if we're continually in prayer, asking for Yahweh's blessings in our lives, for reproof, for correction, for further understanding to add to the depth of our relationship with Yahweh and Yahshua, then getting together as righteous people, our prayers should be a force to be reckoned with. I want to leave you with one last verse. And I think that this is for those people who they're in a Jonah situation. Just one last little bit of encouragement for people who may be in a dark place. Romans eight, twenty-six and 27. But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches the heart knows what is in the mind and the spirit because the spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of Elohim. That's incredible. Like when you're in your weakest point, you don't know what to say. Normally it's just like, okay, I need, I know what I need. I know what needs to be done. And I'm going to pray that Yahweh brings that into my life, that he allows it to happen. And that's in accordance with his will. There are going to be situations where you have nothing to say and that's fine. Don't say anything. Don't say anything. Like Yeshua said, go into your room, lock the door, and just be quiet. Even when you're at your lowest, and you simply fall on your knees, and you can't find the words to say, don't say anything. Yahweh searches the heart, and he knows the mind of the Spirit. He knows where you're at, and your needs will be known to the Father. Even when you have nothing left, bring it to Yahweh in prayer. If you have nothing to bring, then do it anyway with groanings beyond, deeper than words. I don't know what that is, but I'm glad we have it. Remember, do I have another slide? Nope. Remember, be persistent. Be patient. Patient. Persevere with purpose. That is a tongue twister for you. If we can do this and help each other grow in righteousness when we pray, Yahweh's ears will stand up. He will know that we are serious. And rather than be the guy that's haplessly tossing pebbles up at the window, he'll answer right away. He knows who you are. He knows what you want because you're not just playing around. Be persistent with your prayers. Be, have patience in a response. Persevere. And have do everything with purpose. don't do anything willy-nilly. Yahweh will be waiting at the window, so to speak, for his people. That's what he says in Malachi, He'll open up the windows of heaven, right? Ready to pour out his blessings upon us. Yahweh bless you.